Hello, and welcome to this thing that we do every week. <laughs> every couple of days, and then every time we come back to the mic, we have no idea what we're doing every single time. You're correct. You're very right. You're very right. But anyways, we have we have announcements to make, so before you like skip forward and totally disregard our stories yeah, that we listen. tell in the beginning of the podcast, um, we have three announcements. The first one is that... <laughs> thank you for the, for the jazz hands. It's a little dance. Um, You're welcome. Do you like jazz? Uh, we have so. a YouTube channel going, yes. slowly but surely. I'm having to make all of the audio recordings that we have into videos and then posting them on YouTube, and that's just taking me a hot minute. But it's slowly but surely. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to do like at least one every couple of days, and it takes forever to process and get it up. But it's there. Take that information for what you will. I don't know. Some people like to listen to podcasts on YouTube. Um, slowly going to be getting there. So that's number one. Number two. I announced it at the end of the last episode, but I know a lot of people, you know, check off and leave before they hear the end of it, which is fine. Fair. So I'm going to tell you now, I have purchased a P.O. box Woo! here in Centerville, Virginia. So if you would like to send me something or Zoe something, you can do it there. She's going to look into getting a, a box where she's at. Yes. So we got two boxes. So the P.O. box is uh, 125 how does P.O. Box's address P.O. Oh, Box. P.O. <laughs> Box 125, Centerville, Virginia, With... 20122. Yeah, go. that. There we go. 20122. That's... Yeah, that's five numbers. That's the okay, correct okay. amount of numbers. <laughs> I'm having to remember all these, like, numbers now and, like, where I live and all kinds of crazy shit. So, P.O. Great. Box, um, if you... If you forget it it's also in the link in our bios on twitter and instagram so you can open that up find the link Woo. in our bios and then in the in the link when it opens up it's right there it's yes it's, you can you can find it so um i went to go check the box before because i'm anticipating somebody sending me a ouija board like an asshole i'm ready which is fine no, i might do it just for fun dick. i have one <laughs> no <laughs> don't send it to me so i said in the last episode nobody dare send me a ouija board but somebody's gonna send me a ouija board to be an asshole but you can also send me you you send like stuff. We also have um, Amazon Amazon wish list up in our in the links in our bio too. So if you want to go there and check out and see what we what we're asking, uh, some things are like mo- actually all the things are stuff that you get for us for like cool things that we'll actually cover on the show, which is also pretty cool. Ooh, and it's just another way to support us. Okay, so then the third and most exciting. Ugh. I'm announcement really that we have is that we made merch so if you want to buy a t-shirt or like a sticker or anything like that head on over to store.hauntheribarelyknowher.com all thanks to blake and setting that up which thanks is, which was a really funny story um you can see all the things that we have made it's actually super easy to set up so i have started creating popular quotes that we have said on here like a lot of people Ooh. are like can you make this can you make that so if there is a popular quote that we say on here and you would like a sticker or anything else with that quote on it reach out to one of us i can make it really quick throw it up it's no big deal beautiful so there you go store.hauntherabarelynover.com get some merch yeah that's all i got that's all i got beautiful okay so i have a story real quick yeah that i want to share with you your, your little one-liner? Yeah, my little one-liner that I told you about. So my roommate and I went to a gas station that's, like, really near our house, right? Juice Boy? Yes, Juice Boy okay. were my roommate. So okay. we went to a gas station, and the little, like, snacks, I think is what we're getting. I don't even remember. The little attendant lady looks like, like, when I looked at her, I was like, she seems, like, I had a thought in my mind of who she looked like and, like, why. 
And then we left and we get to my roommate's car and he goes, is it just me or did that attendant look like Katie if she did meth? And I was like, that's what it is. So we met uh, like 10 years older than you. That's not even funny. What the fuck? (laughs) That's not what? (laughs) Yeah. So that happened. So both of us were on the same wavelength about this. The lady that looked like you if you did meth. <laughs> so I told him this... I would tell you. <laughs> you two are assholes. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. No, really. She had the haircut and like she she structurally looked very similar to you. Um, but, you know, the meth. So here we are. I need. Okay, either you're going to have to take a picture of this woman. How the fuck do you do that? You don't do that. Just make sure that the shutter sound Uh. and the flash is off and act like you're fucking texting. And then I can't not fucking believe you right now. Or I'm going to have to fucking fly back. Please. And see this woman. Yeah, come on. Let's go. Oh, my God. Wait till after I get the vaccine. Yeah, that was that was the time. But I promised him I would tell you. So I waited to tell you. I'm insulted. No, no, I have Why? to fly back because now I got to kick his ass. What a I'm, dick. Please feel free. But yeah, that was a good time. That was my one liner. You should uh, ask for a selfie with the woman. Just be like, that's hey, you weird. Know what? <laughs> that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. I know you're be at like, work, but may I get a selfie with you? Yeah, no, no. Just be like, hey, you look like my friend <laughs> and just leave out the meth part and no. just be like, hey. <laughs> oh, sweet Lord. Just so, don't, yeah, that's. Mm. Yeah, there so, there are times that I forget that Cookville, Tennessee, is the meth capital of the world. Uh, that day was not one of them. So <laughs> here, we, here we are. Um, yeah, because if you go ten minutes in any directions, you're in the mm-hmm. woods. That's true. That's true. So here we yeah, are. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So you got a uh, crackhead dose of me. I got my nose pierced. You did. Stabby stab. So I'm so proud. So, so what the listeners don't know about me is I have like six piercings in one ear. I have three. Three three low piercings, and then I have are they called helixes? The one at the sure. top, the I top part of called. your ear. I don't. Yeah, know. The, the top part. I think they're called helixes. Probably. And then um, I got have a conch piercing. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know what? I just moved out of the house. I'm really far away from my parents. Let's get a nose piercing. Like a <laughs> let's do it. Rebellious sixteen year old. I'm oh so proud God. of you and your I rebellion. I lo- I felt like such a tool, being like ah, nose piercing. Like a, oh my God. So. <sighs> I'm like, you know, I've got these, like, I got a conch piercing. Like, apparently that's supposed to be the worst of the worst. And I didn't think it was that bad. So I was like, yeah, I'll go get a fucking nostril piercing. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I get in there and I'm trying to sign up for it. And it's like all COVID shit. And it's like, super nice. Like, they've won awards for like how, how like well kept their places. Like their piercings are $50. So like you fucking know yeah. that they're like on point. So the guy takes me back. And of course, you know, piercers, they're like... They're funny people. So oh, he's, yeah. like, are, he's like, are you ready for this? So I was like, yes, sir. Just like, whatever. He looks at me dead in the fucking eyes. And he uh-huh. goes, I do fuck all all day. Don't call me sir. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Shit. So <sighs> so then he, we're like talking about different other stuff and blah, blah, blah. So then he like, I like to lay down when I do my piercings because I know mm-hmm. that I jump. No, but he fair. had me sit up and I was like, fuck. So <laughs> he, he was like. I felt it like t- he touched the needle to my nose. He's like, "You ready?" And I hate it when I'm anticipating it. The last guy who did all my other piercings, he was just like, "You ready?" And then just shoved it through my ear, and yeah. it felt so much better. This guy was like, "Nah, you ready?" I was like, "I guess." He's like, "All right, here we go." And then he just shoved it through my nostril. 
Yep. And then I thought I was going to throw up. Yep. It was so Welcome bad. I was like, I was like, did you punch me in the nose? What just happened? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I just pierced your nose. Like, yeah. And I was like, dude, no, like, oh, what the fuck? Like, first, I didn't know if I was going to pass out. I didn't know if I was going to throw up. I didn't know if I needed pee. I don't know what the hell just happened. Yep. So, so he's talking to me. I have no idea what he's saying. I'm in so much pain. He like whips the piercing in there and he's like, all right, we're done. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Are you still talking? And then he's going through all the instructions, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know what he's saying. Something about a, a silver booger, and then a like silver booger. Yep. And then like his something's gonna happen, and clean it twice a day. Don't touch it. And I was like, okay. And then the whole ride home was like 15 minutes of like, did I just get punched in the face? Yep. Beautiful. So did Woo. did you cry? No. Okay. You didn't have any tears. No, no, no. It okay. Was, I, I think I got a little. Honestly, yeah. I don't remember. I think oh, they fair. watered a smidge, but no, I didn't cry. Fair I enough. Just kind yeah. of, I just I just grunted really, really hard, and I was like, oh, fuck. Holy shit. So, yeah, that was a little. <sighs> that was rough. So um, Good times. I, yeah. I thought about getting a double nostril, nostril piercing. Never the fuck again. If this comes out, I am never doing it again. That's no. reasonable. No. Yeah. So. Yeah, see, that's, I I don't know if any of you have, like, seen me, but I have a septum piercing, and that, I, if it ever grew back, I wouldn't get it. I, w- I wouldn't redo it. I would not. Yep. No. Mm-mm. So. Nope. Your like, nose is completely different from your ear. Any absolutely. ear piercing, let's have at it. Nose, yeah. the fuck not. Never no. again. I'm so glad no one told me that before I went Ooh. out. I would never have done it. Mm-mm. No. Because I think they're, I think they're cool and I think they look nice, but I don't, uh, nope, mm-mm, nope. I'm no. content with what I have and if it ever grows back, I just, it, too bad, missed opportunity. Too bad, <laughs> too bad so sad. Yeah. Um, Owie. Fuck. Yeah. So that, that was like totally worth it. So don't let me discourage anybody who's thinking about it. Totally worth it. Just oh, yeah. Once. Just the one bring, time. Yes. Bring a, bring a person. Bring a person with you. I did it alone and it was awful. Pandemic, but here we are. We. So, but you want to know what isn't awful yeah scary stories okay okay beautiful coin flippy tossy that's what i think so right yeah yeah this is this is the time to yeet um to yeet quarter quarter yeah the florida I need to make a sticker that says floor quarter. The Florence, Florence, the floor quarter. Florence. <laughs> that's, that's, Florence into oblivion. <laughs> Florence, Florence. The I don't Florida. like that. Florence? Florence, the Florence, Florence, I don't, it doesn't roll with my <laughs> dyslexic ass. Okay. It's, it is what it is. Okay. What do you want? Um, let's go booty. Booty ass. Tails. Sweet ass booty. That's you know t- what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How does that go first? Ooh. That one was, ooh, that was a slap. Sorry. That was, I, it was crooked in my hand, so oh. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> on my hand. <laughs> God, okay, Rage. so if you like what we do and you would like to support us to keep doing this in the future, I don't know, we, we, we got some people who apparently doesn't like what we do, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll make mm-hmm. some jabs at that throughout the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like what we do and you like to support us, please check us out on patreon.com slash haunt her. I barely know her. We have two tiers investigator tier and a medium tier investigator tier is the basic and the medium tier gives you access to additional recordings that we do of just whatever fuck all shit that we do fun stuff and you get a sticker 
which is pretty great, which is pretty cool. So today's episode is a fan requested episode. So Otto is one of our Patreon members and he requested that we do a couple of topics. So this is just an Otto special episode today. Yeah, he requested both of them, right? He requested three things, but Jim yes. and Christmas. Yeah, so whenever you do Gettysburg Parts 2, I'm going to do his other topic, which Wee. I forgot what it was. That's fine. Oh, here we go. We'll get there. Oh, I just gave away what your topic was. It's <gasps> How in could the you? Title. It's in the title of the fucking podcast. I'm so stupid. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, okay, no, anyways. he gave away the secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dumb. What is wrong with me? You're tired. <laughs> drink some more coffee. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to drink my instant coffee. There you go. Gross. I like your big best cat mom ever cup. That's pretty and cute. Then it's, and then it has. Was he flipping you off? Oh my god, my, I love my it. It's flipping off. Ugh! I want 12 in varying colors. Uh, Savannah gave that to me for my birthday. I was like, no, I'll take it. What a sweetie. So, so for t- today's episode, I'm going to c- be covering the drum barracks. Ooh. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this this place isn't really that haunted. There isn't really anything scary, but there are some pretty strong, frequently occurring spirits here, which is Ooh. quite quite impressive. So, You know, I this, like them spoops. I know you do. So the Drum Barracks is now a Civil War museum located in California. But for the rest of this podcast, do be a douchebag. I'm going to call it Cali. Why? So here we go. <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> It's it's just, like two more syllables. Nope. Fuck you. I'm just going to call it Cali to be an <laughs> asshole because everybody who's from California doesn't call it Cali and anybody who's not from California calls it Cali. I mean, I that's that true. Right? I think yeah, so, so, yeah. Because I've met some people that are moving from California to here because it's like up and coming and fancy or what the fuck ever. Um, and they, all, they call it California. Yeah, I'm going to call it Cali because I'm not from there. It's, it's Cali. Okay. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> So I could get into like a whole long spiel about how somehow, somehow California had something to do with the Civil War because this is when the barracks Mm. takes place in the the important scheme of history, right? Okay. So, but I'm not going to. That hurts my Um, feelings. Well. It's fine. That's, this is not a history class and you're a fucking nerd Uh, for liking history. So I'm just going to go just kind of over the basics because like there was like a whole to do. There were a bunch of names. I couldn't. I just couldn't bear through it. I'm so That's sorry. A bun- bunch of names, like bunch there of were names. people or something. <laughs> there was there was like a couple guys, you know. Did some maybe stuff. there was a, there was like some you know horse cavalry. I have no idea. I don't know. So, Somebody was a general. Uh, there was a colonel. <laughs> so so like I said, apparently Cali on the complete fucking opposite side of the United States was happening and played a huge part in the Civil War. I didn't know anything about this. Didn't even know. That Cali was kind of like even a even a chess piece in that the Civil so War. Okay, I blame yeah yeah I blame uh, my history classes in good old Tennessee. So um, all this information that I got, you can also find directly from the website drumbarracks.org. That is their Ooh. official website. You can go there, check out their history. They don't post any of their hauntings on their website. Of which course is not. Real, which is really weird because they professionally. <laughs> went on shows and wrote books about it oh but don't have it on the website that's kind of weird and counterintuitive right so i was like what the fuck so anyway so it's fine it's fine it's fine so we're gonna talk a little bit about the history so in 1826 
Lumber for the barracks was cut in New England mm -hmm. and shipped all the way around Cape Horn and delivered. Why? <laughs> what? Are, are, there, are there not California look. trees that are good enough? I guess enough? not. <laughs> I okay. guess not. That's when I read that, I was like, that's ridiculous. So anyways, it cost a million dollars. Yeah, it did. And it took like a year and a half to complete. And it was able to house five companies. I mean, that's that's a lot of people, I guess. I, so, why would yeah, you ship it? <laughs> okay. So the original intent of the barracks was to keep troops on hand to fight any uh, local Native Americans at the time, indigenous people. But yeah. that there were no indigenous people in that area. So they just kind of coincidentally built these barracks just in time for the Civil War. Woo. No. So mm. from... 1861 to 1865, about 17,000 Californians served to fight in the in the war of northern aggression. I'm so upset with you. <laughs> I'm so upset with you. I'm so upset with you. How could you? How could you do this to me? How could but, you? That's what it's called, apparently. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, the barracks kept Cali a part of the Union, and they protected most of the Southwest and also helped keep the Arizona Territory for the Union. The barracks was named after the adjunct general Richard Coulter Drum. Uh, he was by the head of the Department of the Pacific. No, okay. he was the head of the Department of the Pacific, and then the barracks were named after him. There we go. That makes so, sense. Yes, so the barracks became the main HQ for the Union Army in SoCal, or mm. Southern California, for those who... SoCal? <laughs> okay. Thanks for giving me the, like, the oh. legend with the definitions as well. That was, that's yeah. definitely appreciated. Southern Southern California, SoCal. That's, so that's SoCal. what people who aren't from California call it. And, uh, <laughs> and for Arizona, and also a little bit of New Mexico in 1861 to 1871. So, like, this, okay. was, this was the hub, this was the and this is where it all went down. Okay. It's popping. The, 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 the main to-do, if you will, for training supplies, military operations that went on, blah, blah, blah. So okay. the base sat on 60 acres, and 37 of it ran along a harbor, so that's why it became like a significant thing. Yeah, blah, that blah, makes blah. sense. So, so the, the Cali units, the Cali troopers, the Cali, this, you know, this going on in your face. The, the California troops were identified by other army commanders as being the best equipped and trained army in the U.S. at the time. Oh, Isn't that's that? interesting. Yes. It also included the most valuable medical facility in the West because of how well it was staffed. Okay, so, 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 question. Did, were they the best because, like now, they all had a lot of money? Is that a thing? Gold rush, maybe? So oh, yeah, fair. Potentially. Okay. Potentially. And it's just sense. California, so like it's just yeah, it just it was a thing. Although I say that, but I've never met anybody from like L.A. who doesn't have like seven jobs and do like fifteen other things to make their rent. So yeah, I minimum say rich, but yeah, minimum two jobs in California if you're gonna go out there. So um, even after the war, the uh, the hospital actually remained functional because oh, it was fancy. so nice. Yeah, and then the building that houses the actual museum now was the junior officers' quarters. Huh. Even though it's a, it's like a tiny mansion. It's mm -hmm. a pretty big building, right? So, okay. So I have in my notes: How in tarnation did Cali become part of the War of Northern Aggression? You ask. How in tarnation? I'm sorry. That's what in tarnation? I, Excuse what in tarnation? Me. So what in tarnation? So back in. Mm. 1859, Cali had voted to become two states, the North and the South, because of 
like how big they are mm. and that's how it was going to be divided blah, blah blah so however the u.s government said new you're not going to divide you're going to stay one state so absolutely were, not yeah no so apparently at one point like the governors in california mm. was like no let's split so that didn't happen so here we are Boom. during this time a lot of southerners in in southern america okay had had moved to socal so oh. there were a lot of confederate sympathizers in the area oh that makes sense okay so that makes more sense. so much so so much so there's so many sympathizers that only 25 percent of san francisco voted for abraham lincoln yowzers yep that's weird wild yeah isn't that that's, weird so okay. when the civil war broke out it was up in the air which way cali was gonna go because uh-huh. of there being that many sympathizers and it also became an issue during the war that we covered it in another episode and i want to say alcatraz I but i can't say that's remember right, yeah. okay uh, a lot of because the, the sympathizers the were imprisoned walked right? up yes yeah yeah that was yes. definitely yes. alcatraz okay okay because i was like this uh, i gotta i don't know I, I, I ran out of time to look it up so yes so it was a huge deal like it was it was a to-do if you will so in, in april 1862 2,300 volunteers from Cali moved through Arizona and New Mexico to the Rio Grande Valley, which was occupied by Confederates. Ah. Uh, Confederates from Texas had moved up in that area, and they claimed Arizona and a little bit of New Mexico, I think, was part of the territory. I don't don't remember the geography. And they claimed it as the Confederate land, and the U.S. government was like, get nope. Get in there. Get them out. Get them out. Get out. Stop it. Get. Go on. Get. So, 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 Cali troops marched, marched in on that. And the, the Union soldiers were successful. They were actually able to take back the Arizona and New Mexico territories and kick Texas out of there. So that was pretty cool. Interesting. So that's, that's how Cali was involved in the Civil War. Today I learned something. There, there was more to it. There was way more to it than just that. Like, but like I said, I want to cover like, all of it so this is like a really short history lesson on just the barracks itself because i mm-hmm. could have gone to like i said into the history but yeah i just wanted to cover the base like i just wanted to that makes sense do that so after the civil war was won by the union as i said the hospital stayed around after all the troops had been deployed to go into the indian wars that was after the civil war yeah uh, eventually the hospital did close and the land was given back to the original older owner and the buildings were sold for six thousand three hundred fifty-seven whole dollars, that which was actually a shit ton of money back then. Yowzers! Yeah, the inflation calculator doesn't go back that far. Just <laughs> FYI, so yeah. Really? Yeah, it only goes back to nineteen thirteen, I think. Oh wow! Or at least the one, at least the one calculator I use. But here we are. That's okay. That's still a shit ton of money back then. Some of the buildings were moved off of the land. But others stayed, like the juniors' officer mm-hmm. quarter. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. How they were able to move? They were just like, yeah, let's just take it off. Uh, the officers' quarters was used as a high school, a private residence, and a boarding house at one time. So it just kind of got cycled through. That would be so cool to live in that kind of a building. Like we have an old armory here in Cookville that I've always wanted to like. I wonder what it would be like to live in there, and that would be so cool. But anyway, where is there an armory in Cookville? Are you kidding me? No. Dude, uh, next to, there's two, there's two. There's one that's currently the armory, which is like the place where the National Guard are at. Um, that one's out like Burgess Falls. I know and what you're talking about. Yes, that's okay. one. And then the other one is in front of Avery Trace School. So. Are you for real? Yeah, I'm for real, for real. Yeah, there's like uh, uh, bunkers underneath it too. 
I didn't know that. I yeah. thought that was just a decrepit old building. I didn't know what it was. Uh, it's a bunker. It's really cool. Okay. Anyway. The more you, more you know. I didn't know that. Okay, Ooh. cool. The powder magazine building in the officer's house were set to be demolished because they just, you know, built in the 1800s. It do would be, right? Certainly. They were saved. Hooray. And thanks because I also now have a story to tell on our podcast. Whoop, whoop. And in 1987, the buildings were restored. Beautiful. So... I think I said this, but I'll say it again because I don't remember if I said it. The <laughs> museum is in the junior officer's building. Yeah. I said that. Okay, yes, cool. I so, think so. So everything that happens is in this building, blah, blah, blah. So that was the short history of the drum barracks. Beautiful. And let's, let's get on to the paranormal happenings that are going on in this place. Ooh, tell me what's popping. So the one, two places, two places that I got these paranormal stories is mm. from the episode of unsolved mysteries that aired in 1992 like i said that they they went on to this show and talked about like what had happened and there was also a book nice that i can't find right now in my notes but when i come across it i'll read it out so you can go look it up yourself beautiful okay so a man by the name of fred duran mm. who was a sydney ex- exterminator was setting up a mouse trap in the museum Mouse okay. traps in the museum. Okay. He said that a man had entered the room and simply stated, I am getting water. Fred didn't look up at the man, but replied, okay. The man then asked, have you seen Maria? Fred finally looked up and saw a man with thick, greasy hair parted down the middle, wearing old-timey blue pants and suspenders, obviously in a Civil War outfit. Okay. When Fred was, when Fred was leaving, he found the caretaker of the drum barracks and mentioned that the guy was really good at taking his job seriously to which the caretaker responded that was the captain's ghost aka james f curtis uh, colonel curtis of the barracks the troops there right and that he was looking for his wife maria oh yeah it was a ghost 100 percent a ghost and this guy thought he was 100 percent talking to a person nice okay woo all right so that comes from the unsolved mysteries episode a custodian later who took the job uh, to overlook the drum barracks from 1964 to 1976 named Vincent Manchester was mm. warned that the place was in fact haunted. Well, at least Whatever. they warned him first. That's yeah, pretty yeah. nice. I think that was kind of nice. So he's like, whatever, sure, he takes the job. Clearly, he works there for like 12 years. Yeah. Uh, there was a small apartment. There's a small apartment building behind the main building. That's where he lived and stayed. And then his job was to inspect every room every night to make sure everything was in order. Because I guess the rules of the place is after tours have gone through, the whole place is shut down. They have to go through, turn off all the lights, shut all the blinds, lock all the doors. Reasonable. So that was his job every single night. So he kind of started reporting things like strange noises, the doors closing on their own, lights turning on, blah, blah, blah. However... One evening, Manchester said that he was in the drum barracks office looking through some historic papers, and he said, verbatim, I had all the lights out and was engrossed in my work when I heard a noise coming from the front room. It was a sort of tuneless humming, not a loud noise, but very clear. I realized it was coming toward the opening door between the rooms, so like coming towards him. Yeah. Then it stopped seemingly at the doorway. I felt someone staring at me, but I froze and couldn't raise my eyes from the records I had been working on. After seconds of this tension, I heard a sound of a very clear, huh, and then I felt I was alone again and relaxed. I concluded that my my humming friend was just curious about what I was doing. Huh? What? Yep. 
Okay, yeah, that would that would scare me, actually. Like, someone is watching me. No one's supposed to be here. And then, huh. Huh. And then no. they're gone. And nope. then they go, how about the fuck not? So I don't like that. There is a spirit known as the Lady of the House, who is a young woman who is believed to be Maria Curtis, Colonel Curtis's wife. Okay. Dressed in her 1860 garbs, who has been seen sitting on the front porch steps since the 1900s. Oh. You can also tell if she's around when you smell lilac perfume. Manchester Ooh. ran into her on the staircase inside of the museum. He said that they stared at each other for what seemed like 30 seconds, kind of like one anticipating for the other one to speak. Mm. And he then shone his flashlight on her and she disappeared. Gross. Isn't that disgusting? That's pretty gross. That's, I mean, that solves the mystery of how to avoid a ghost attack. Just carry a flashlight. Well, that's what uh, Shazam said. Yeah. When the, well, the crawly thing was at him. <laughs> Why'd you have to remind me of the crawly thing? Just light nuke it. <laughs> I think about that more often than you will ever know. That's true. When I'm, I'm just... at the top of the stairs looking down, I sometimes, like, when it's dark downstairs and the hall light upstairs is on, I'm like, what if something just, like, crawled up the stairs at me? What would I do? And so. then upside down. Yeah. Like, upside down crawled at you. Yeah. That'd be pretty great. That, that's disgusting. Ugh. No. Was. Okay. Manchester said that he felt like every spirit in the barracks was friendly, except for the malevolent malevolent spirit that had sat on his bed last night i don't know any more than that i tried searching for it i'm upset i know i'm really upset too because i wanted to know if there was like any story behind that other than just he felt a bad spirit sit on his bed i don't know so this is the book uh the stories this story came from the beat of the drum the history people and events of the drum barracks williamton california and you can look that up on Amazon. Huh. So, a new director of the drum barracks, Marge O'Brien, mm. was given the position in 1986. Uh, she said that she walked through the b- building and she would always get, like, a sad feeling about the place. Because, obviously, like, some people, it's a hospital, was also yeah. attached to it. So, it gets some not-so-good things. So, she said that she had experience that she also told the Unsolved Mystery People episode. And this is what she said. I'm sitting in my office and something will take my attention. Something attracts me to the fact that I should be checking something. I will walk over to the parlor. Nine chances out of ten, I have this feeling. And I open the door. More likely than not, the lights on the table are on. Most times, I will walk up the stairs, check the gun room. Very often, that too has the lights on. And the window blinds open even though they have been closed and down. Because the rule here is that every tour, you pull the shades down, turn off the light, and lock the door. So every tour, so they should always be down. They should always be down. I imagine every tour that they take through has to do it, which means every time they leave the room, those go up again. I don't like that. So it's like the spirits don't like how dark it is and they want light in the house. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's that's gross. So Marge invited a psychic by the name of Barbara Connor over. To the museum in 1991. Okay. She identified four main ghosts, ghosty ghosts, in, inside of the museum. So mm-hmm. the first one that she identified was the lady of the house, which everyone s- speculates that it's Maria, right? The wife. And she said that the that the lady of the house was happy staying in, in the museum, in, in the officer's quarters, and that she wouldn't leave unless the house was burnt down. Oh. So that's how much she actually liked being there, and that's why she's seen so frequently. That makes uh, sense. She also noted that the the lady had a pain on her right side, 
right, that she liked to clean, but she had a pain on her right side. Nothing more was said about that. Appendicitis? Just, is that the right, right side? side? Or is yeah. that the left side? Nope, that's your right side. Okay. I feel like she would, she would, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Right side of what? I don't know. But that's all that was said. Uh, another spirit that is in this museum is a little boy who would repeatedly throw a ball at the top of the stairs. Many have heard this thud coming from the staircase, so it was confirmed who and what it was making the thudding noise. Okay. Some, when the psychic found this out, she said that if you told the boy to stop throwing the ball, he would comply. So some would call out, hey, I don't want to hear that ball again, and the noise would stop. Right. The boy was the son to an officer in the Union Army. The boy was too sick to travel with his father and died in the hospital at the drum barracks. Okay. I don't like that. Died. Yeah, it's really sad. So I was like, why is there a dead boy at this place? And he unfortunately died because he was too sick. That's really sad. Like, yeah, anytime, anytime anybody dies, it's sad. But, like, when it's a kid, it's, like, particularly sad. You know? Yeah, because like, it's just, like, a little innocent little child like and he was sick yeah like i don't, I don't like kids but like that's really sad you know i don't like, <laughs> I don't like kids but it yeah but it's sad. Yeah, that's actually well, I don't that's like really die. sad that's really yeah, sad yeah, yeah. so there was apparently another another spirit there uh an irish civil war soldier by the name of patrick okay nothing was said about him that was okay. just that just patrick just patrick good old good old irish patrick so then ah. the last the last spirit that the psychic came across twice in this place. That's is more than once. Colonel Curtis, who what? is sometimes actually seen with his men around the place. But not his wife? Not together, I guess. Not That's together, really so. sad. Or, yes. They're both in the house together, but I don't know. He will speak to the people of the living, as 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 before with Fred, mm. the, the exterminator, right? But this time, he asked the psychic to move a chair closer to the fireplace that he was cold. He also mentioned that his boot was too tight. To which uh, Marge commented about that, about the psychic saying that the boot was too tight. Yeah. So this is what Marge said. What was interesting in my research, what was interesting is my research showed that Colonel Curtis, who was the commander here the longest, had frostbitten his left foot when he was fighting Indians up in Washington, right around the ankle above where the nerve endings were. There was a great deal of pain which he suffered much of his life. He would wear a boot that was a size smaller so he could have more control of that foot and he dragged it. There is no way the psychic could have known that when she walked into the room. I just started to uncover this research. That's disgusting. Isn't that wild? And then that was the first time that she ran into him. When they went upstairs into another room, the psychic also ran into the colonel again to which he he kept pointing towards the wall or like showing the psychic this mm. wall and he was like i want my award i want my award what? So the psychic's like what are you talking about he goes i want my award i want my award and i want it on that wall okay so oh. when she, right so when she told marge this marge is like i have no idea what award he is talking about however it's at the time i don't know if anything ever came out of this uh, there might he might have been given an award for his fighting in Washington with the Indians. Oh. So they were wondering if that's what it was, but it was I don't know if it was ever found and hung up on the wall. But he was he was asking for his award. That's interesting and kind of weird, and that's a parallel we'll talk about in my story. Excuse me. <laughs> ah. Okay. So that is actually the end. No, it's the end of the drum barracks. I know this. Those stories were the only stories I could find. Okay. 
there is there is slight I will I'll do like a little footnote here. There are slight speculations that these stories actually are not true. Ugh. Um there's there's kind of like a little there's like a little depending on who you ask kind of thing. There's um reason to believe that these stories were made up to get um notoriety that and attraction to the museum ah. because they were kind of running out of money. Oh uh, yeah, okay. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. So there's drum barracks. Well, I hope that's not the case. But I hope I hope not. I hope they were at least telling the truth, you know. But that, yeah. those were the only stories that I could find. Nobody else, I guess, has done an investigation because every time I was like, hey, give me another story, I just kept finding these over and over and over again. Well, it is what it is, I suppose. It, it, do do it, what it be. It do what it be. So, As yeah. it is. Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Trevin. We're the hosts of Seriously Sinister, a true petty crime podcast. The show that asks, is that a murder weapon in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> We're bringing something new and different to the true crime genre. Each week, we both tell a true petty crime story with high drama and movie-like sound production. Also, get to know us with our weekly dreadful dilemmas and killer facts. Here's a sample of two of our true petty crime stories. Enjoy. As I lay on the floor crying, my vision started to become more clear, and my perpetrator came into focus. A familiar ornery laugh emerged from the man as I recognized his smile. It was my husband. I quickly ripped open the paper and turned to the third page. Earlier in the week, another call had come in. This time a woman had answered the door and got an eye full of mystery fist. The call description... We hope you all enjoyed listening along and aren't too scared to subscribe to our show. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, it is the mid-roll of our episode, and this is the part of our episode where we give shout-outs to Patreon members. We don't have Patreon members that have subscribed to us, so... That's okay. um, That's cool. That's fine. It it, it do what it be. Um, But if you would like to help us out, you can be a Patreon member, and then we will give you a shout-out at this portion of our show. And then, if you are on iTunes, please give us a review, rate and review, and then if Mm. you are on Spotify... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're on spotify please follow and then anywhere else anywhere else please do the thing yeah uh if you don't like what we do please don't rate and review so <laughs> so so okay so There's i guess that. this is the part we'll talk about it okay so <laughs> we i i had just wanted to look up and see if we had gotten any more reviews on itunes slash apple apple podcast and i saw that we did get more so i was like oh i'm gonna go see what people wrote yeah they were nice things. <laughs> um, we got yeah. a one star review. That's true. That I that we dropped too many f bombs. <laughs> and, <it laughs> and I quote: "It is not big and it is not clever, and that doesn't make sense to me." All right, Grandma, calm down. Lordy mercy, we're um, we're rated explicit for a reason. Yeah, exactly. If if the if the e in front of the podcast or the m, depending on where you look, uh, doesn't clue you in that maybe we're gonna say fuck. Maybe once the first time you heard it, you should go, oh, maybe this isn't for me, and leave. And that's so okay. He, so you shouldn't what? swear. It's it's not it's not big, and it's not clever. All right, Grandma. Calm down. Lordy Mercy, then, what are you, 65? And then apparently Ugh. because we talked about COVID on the third episode, that got, that was political. I actually think it was because we talked about the war and northern aggression in the third episode, but here we are. Was it? Yeah, I think that was the third episode. I'm pretty sure. I don't, e- I don't even honestly remember, eh. to be quite honest with you. I don't know. Um, I know one of the episodes is. we talked about COVID and said, please wear your mask, but yeah. that's apparently political. So That's fine. Um, 
Science if is hard. Somebody, if somebody would leave a review, you can also leave a review <sighs> on iTunes. You don't have to have an iPhone with Apple Podcasts. If you <sighs> if you could leave us a review that says they swear a bunch, it, <laughs> it, it, it is big and it is clever, I would <laughs> fucking die. I would, I would laugh die. so hard and probably cry. Yeah. Ooh. So if, if somebody could do that, that'd be really I fucking mean, funny. Um, but yeah. It is I got a comp. I got a complex for the rest of the night that I was like, I'm never going to swear. No. I was like, no, fuck that. No, fuck that. That's no, it's fine. fine. It is what we it swear. is. We swear here. It's, it's yeah. safe place. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, we're not everybody's cup of tea and that's all right. No big that's deal. Okay. But also don't, but don't swear in the, in the review. Yeah, Apple that's true. <laughs> Funnily that's enough, that's really, true. Yeah. I wish that person said that they say fuck too much and then it would never <laughs> got busted. <laughs> Uh, alas that's that's all right yeah we're not gonna be everybody's cup of tea and there's you know we're just trying to have fun and be light on here and we really do enjoy this every week so that's true if if you don't appreciate the um if you don't appreciate the work that's all right yeah cool that's fine it's fine it's all good okay everything's fine you you wanna yeah so this is a god this is a heavy topic everyone um i spoiled it it's it's fine it's gettysburg yeah it's (laughs) you didn't spoil it it's in the title uh so yeah we're gonna be covering or i'm gonna be covering gettysburg this week which is also an auto special um it's uh it's a lot it's a lot so we're doing a two-part so this is part one it's not got the the spookiest things in my opinion but i still think it's pretty good yes i i okay so i know i grew up in tennessee my Mm -hmm. whole life right yes and then the war of northern aggression here we are um I don't know anything about Gettysburg, so the fact that you're about okay. to like tell me you yeah. you are actually about to teach me, yeah, teach me. let's learn like, I together. Was, all I know is that it's the big, it was the biggest war, the biggest turning point, and then a lot of people died. That's yes. all, that's honestly all I yeah. know. So, well, that's that's fun. I actually uh, in this topic found out my husband and I were talking about it, Gary, and his grandfather was a big Civil War nerd, like bigger than me, which huh, I was like, nerd. hell yeah, let's go. Oh so, my god, Gary and I got into some pretty good conversations about just like weird shit so i'm gonna throw that in there too but i'll let you know what it was from so okay cool cool, cool, cool. Uh, i also tried to limit the history because it is such a a big thing i didn't want to like have the history portion drag everything down well Ooh. i know that you like your history and you would have loved to have dragged this it's podcast true. down with your history so i mean you're not wrong oh my god so gettysburg pennsylvania is known as one of the most haunted places in the united states of america Yes. I'm so dumb. Yes. Why did I think Gettysburg was not in Pennsylvania? Why but, did I think it was in like Georgia or Alabama? Because that would be further south. It's fine. I think in one of the first episodes, I'm pretty sure I said it was in Virginia and it's not. And I'm dumb. It's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so here we are. I got my letters confused and my dyslexia. So. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, here we are. It's actually like very southern Pennsylvania. So it's probably close to me then, mm-hmm. actually. Yes, and I would really like to visit one day. That would be okay. great, please. Yeah. Yee! Okay. So this, the reason that it's haunted is, of course, due to the events of the summer of 1863. The battles of the Battle of Gettysburg was a turning point in the Civil War. The Union victory ended Confederate General Robert E. Lee's second invasion into the North. So he actually was a good enough, quote unquote, good enough general, whatever, tactician to get into the North twice. So I wrote a paper. I wrote a paper on Robert E. Lee. And I you just don't that. know anything about Gettysburg? I think I was in like the fourth grade. I don't know. Uh, what? Uh, okay. All right. And of <laughs> I, course, it I, was on Robert E. Lee that you wrote your paper because we were in the South. Right. Like so, I didn't get to pick mm-hmm. Union. 
No. Generals. No. Of course not. Why? Why would you? <laughs> Lordy mercy. No, I don't know. Yeah, here we are. So this was the war's bloodiest battle with over 51,000 casualties. Whoa. In this single battle. Yikes. That's not good. No. The town of Gettysburg only had around 1,500 inhabitants. And almost every structure in the city was commandeered for military use by one side or the other during the three days that the battle commenced. It's even crazier because this battle took three days and we lost 51,000 lives. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's like, that's like, tw- that's a little less than 20. Yeah, it's it's not an even split. I'll go yeah. into the, oh, the split in a still, minute. That's still a lot of people to die in three fucking days. Oh it's, my God. It's way too many. It's way too many. Yeah. That's, um, that's too many. Um, that's too many wasted lives. Yes. So it's no wonder that the land in and around Gettysburg is home to so many haunted places. As a result, my notes are going to be a little bit different this week and next week as there are sections. Um, It's going to be the individual place, that place's history, and then the hauntings associated with that place. Cool. So first, we're of course going to do the Gettysburg battlefield itself. History is well known, or should be. Confederate General Robert E. Lee had won the battle uh, in, uh, in Virginia. He'd won a battle in Virginia and marched his army from Northern Virginia up to Pennsylvania. The Union Army, commanded by General George G. Meade, met them in the town of Gettysburg on July 1st. The next day saw heavier fighting than the first day, and more casualties. On July 3rd, Lee ordered an attack by fewer than 15,000 troops on the enemy's center in a place called Cemetery Ridge. In the assault known as, or like in the formation, the assault known as Pickett's Charge, the Confederate forces were able to pierce through the Union line, but eventually failed and lost hundreds of people. Oof. God. It was very bad. So Lee was forced to withdraw towards Virginia on July 4th. He actually woke up waiting for the Union army to make a counterattack. It never came. So when it started raining in the evening, he was like, let's get the fuck out. Like, we're done. Goodbye. Why, why, didn't, hmm? why didn't the Union counterattack? So Meade had decided that so many people had been lost, he wasn't comfortable going on the offensive. He would prefer to stay defensive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, by this point, General Lee had lost more than half of the entirety of the Confederate army in this battle. Oops. Yeah. Like, it, it oh. was a big fuck up. It was bad. That's, that's so many people. I it's feel so bad. So many people. So the Union's victory was a major turning point in the war, because before this, Lee had not been losing very many battles. He was a very good tactician and was able to figure out what he was doing. But in this fight, it wasn't just one Union army. It was three, like three separate quad, like people, um, generals had come. Thank you. Companies had come to attack Lee from all sides. So he was was kind of fucked before he ever began. Here we are. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it being a turning point in the war, this is also where President Lincoln's Gettysburg Address took place, was in the Gettysburg Cemetery. With the battle over, the losses counted 23,000 Union men and 28,000 Confederates, totaling the 51, with many more injured. So all throughout the battle, which is mostly a series of like open fields and like rock formations, because it was it took place on the farmland instead of pretty much anywhere else, just farmland, Uh rock formations. You can see ghostly figures of men in uniforms. Some of of them are so solid that you can tell if they're Union or Confederate. Whoa. Yeah. I got 
I got goosebumps. It's, it's going to get worse. So sometimes the men are walking. Sometimes they're running. Sometimes they're fighting. Sometimes they're on the ground not moving. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. This is, is going to be a rough one for everybody. So some of the appar- apparitions are so clear you can tell whether they're Union or Confederate. You can hear guns and cannon fire at a varying degree of clarity. So sometimes mm. it sounds really clear. Other times it's like off in the distance and like the wind carries the sound. In 1938, 39, in 1939, there was a man that reported to a local like tabloid that he was driving in his car and he saw two uniformed soldiers carrying rifles like walking on the side of the road. So he's like, oh, that's weird. Those are like old timey uniforms. So he pulled over and was like, hey, are you guys okay? Do you need any help? And the two men were like, we actually really need help. One of our friends is injured. He needs help. Oh, my God. So he was like, okay, let's go. (sighs) 1939, before phones, right? So they lead him to the shade of this big tree. And there's two men sitting on the ground. One of them is holding the other one up. And the one that's being held up has this gaping chest wound. Like, disgusting. Like, real bad, right? So Mm. the guy freaks the fuck out goes, I'll be back. I'm going to go get help. Runs to his car, drives to the nearest gas station. When he gets there, he's like telling the clerk, he's like, holy shit, listen to this. I need you to call an ambulance. And she's just like, oh, no, it's fine. Calm down. People see this all the time. If you go back, they're not going to be there. So what the (laughs) fuck? There's Four? Yeah, four. Four four ghosts full mm-hmm. on, like, yeah. a whole scene happening over and over and yes. over and over again. Yes. Wow. So that's fun. Fun and interesting. Um, of course, he drove back to the same spot, and they were, in fact, gone. Ugh. So that's fun and interesting and kind of spooky, and I don't like it. Ugh. Here's something that Gary told me that his grandfather told him. So... Okay. There were letters, correspondence being written from people who saw the Gettysburg event, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two family members that were far away. After the battle, a lot of the bodies were just left, right? We'll get more into that in a minute. But okay. um, people would write in their letters, it's like some monster is coming out of the woods in the middle of the night and like eating the people. Like there is a monster here. And, like, this is, like, noted in, like, scholars, like, historic scholars are like, what the fuck? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have a question? You have a question? What? My question is just, what? what? Yeah. So that that was a thing. And then months later, they started sending more correspondence. It was like, oh, no, no, no. It wasn't wasn't a monster. It was just wild boar. Bro, there's a massive difference between a boar and... Yeah. Monster. Correct. Wait, so this was like actually documented that yes. people were, s- multiple people yes. were saying that a monster was coming out of the woods and eating the dead bodies. Correct. Yeah. Like that's documented in correspondence between people, which I think is the craziest shit I've ever heard. But of course, you see something like that, it would make sense. I would probably assume something similar if I have trauma. So here we are. But that's disgusting. Yeah. Gettysburg is a uh, rough, rough man. Real yeah. rough. Ooh. So here, here's another site that's technically on the battlefield, but is is it deserves its own little section. It's called the Devil's Den. And more, it's called that because it's in the very center of uh, a tactical line that they fought on this particular formation of rocks. I have a picture of it in my notes for all of you Patreon members. I'm going to open it right now. Beautiful. Uh, There were more than 2,000 men lost 
on and around this rock formation. It's called the Devil's Den because it's rumored that the devil in the form of a massive snake lived deep inside the rock formation, and it's now home to multiple different spirits. Okay. Yeah. So the most common spiritual experience that people have, or paranormal experience, is (laughs) their their cameras will suddenly lose all all battery power or will short out when they go to take a picture this doesn't just happen to like paranormal investigators it happens to any visitor that's like oh i'm gonna take a a picture here their camera app on their cell phone will just shut the fuck down like stop working like it'll just glitch out right that's that's not how that works also that's just like a big cluster of rocks yes okay it is okay so the reason that all that happens to like your camera apps or your cell phone camera whatever Mm-hmm. is because there is a spirit here who hates photos being taken on the site because he was a Confederate soldier whose body had been staged in multiple different positions around the battlefield by a Civil War photographer after he was already dead. Oh, what yeah. the fuck? That's, that's fucked that's up. That's not cool. Yeah, that is that is fucked up. Yeah. Like, you don't take a dead body and pose right. it. How so, disrespectful. Exactly. So historians figured that out because a lot of the photos taken around the Devil's Den were of the same man. So they were like, he didn't... And like the caption on the photo would say Confederate soldier died here. And then he would be moved to a different position and then the same thing, Confederate soldier died here. Right? Which is just disrespectful as shit. That, so, that photographer needs to be beat. Right. Which, I mean, it would totally make sense why that ghost is like, fuck you, don't you take pictures here. Yep. So Okay. So we're going to go there and try to take a picture. Okay. I'm down. You went All there? Right. No, I thought I did, but I'd never been to Pennsylvania. It was a different battlefield. I was like six at the time, so I don't remember which one oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to ask my mom, because she's the one that took me, but... Yeah, I'm gonna have to you say. Know. Yeah, ask your uh, worldwide worldwide traveling mother. Yes, I'm call her Miss Miss Worldwide the next time I see her. I've okay. already decided that works for me. I'm down for that. Okay, cool. Ooh. So once people leave the Devil's Den, their equipment will suddenly boot up and start to work with no trouble. Okay, like absolutely no problem. Like the battery suddenly restored. An yes. hour and thirty five minutes from my apartment to Gettysburg. Sold. We're going. That's so fucking close. We We're need going. To go. Uh, okay, cool. Sold. Sold. We're going. Okay, okay cool. Cool, cool, cool. Makes cool, me really cool. excited. Okay, yes. so so the next point about the Devil's Den, so I don't get fully sidetracked. Okay. Dates back to the 1970s. The furthest it goes back is the 1970s, but he's okay. been sent multiple times since. Is a, a shoeless man in a Confederate uniform. He's known to have a Texan accent and to help direct people when they're lost. So here's some personal experiences with that sweet Texan boy. Yes. I love ghosts that help people. <laughs> I think that is just the fucking funniest thing yeah. to ever happen. Uh, okay. That's exactly what he does. So the first story, there were a couple of hunters who were out like in the fields in the forest surrounding the devil's den and they got lost. So when they were searching for a way out, they saw a figure standing on one of the largest boulders up top. And the figure started, like, pointing at, like, one specific area and direction. And when the men ended up going that direction, they found their way out. So they turned around to, like, thank him, and he disappeared. So. Cool. That was fun. Nice. Second instance was a woman had gotten lost while she was traversing the rocky land. She began to look for a way out, just as the hunters did years before. And without warning, a man appeared and pointed in the distance and said, What you're looking for is over there. As soon as he stopped speaking, he just disappeared. <laughs> Sir. 
sir. It's great. Thank you. But stop. (laughs) So when she recounted what had happened to park rangers, because like park rangers know all about all the stuff, right? Um, She was able to describe in perfect detail what a confederate confederate texas soldier would have looked like during the battle so they were like that's that good old boy so that's that's our boy that's the boy right there being helpful that's the sweet texan boy another ghost that is said to roam around this area is known as the ghost rider which is not to be confused with the the marvel superhero the nicholas cage yeah not to be confused with nick cage <laughs> So the ghost rider will appear and wander next to the devil's den. He'll materialize instantly with a loud sound of gunfire, shouting, and, like, cannon fire, and then vanish just as quickly as he appears. What? Yeah. An entrance. Yeah, and an exit. What what a... Yeah, what an entrance and an exit. That's, like... What a guy. That's a villain top-tier entrance going on. Wow. Bazanga. (laughs) (laughs) So another woman was climbing the rocks, like over and up around the rocks, right? Because you want to get to, like, the highest point, like, look around, you know? When a hand shot out from a fissure and grabbed her ankle. (laughs) No. No, it didn't, actually. Jesus. So she screams and looks down and is like, "What? what the fuck is happening? And she looks down to see a young man, like, 17, 18 years old, holding on to her ankle for dear life, wearing a Civil War era uniform. She couldn't oh. tell if it was Union or Confederate, but it was obviously a uniform. So she's screaming for help. She's like looking around for her friend and then suddenly it releases and she looks down and it's gone. What, what, whoever it was, whatever it was, he's fucking gone, right? So she told her friend, everybody in the vicinity was like, what happened to you? Are you okay? And she tells them and she like describes what he looks like. So they, everybody searches the area to see if they can find whoever it was. Cause it was probably somebody playing a prank. Right. Right. Nobody was no. found who even resembled, like even sort of resembled the description of the young man that she gave. Out of the fucking rock. Grab my uh-huh. ankles. That's how you're going to get curb stomped in the face. <sighs> oh God. A little, little ankle grabbing. Huh. Don't touch my Yankees. Seriously. No thanks. Holy shit. Okay. That's gross. So the the next place that we're going to go is the Gettysburg National Cemetery. So the history. This cemetery is the final resting place for almost 4,000 men who died during the battle. After the battle. Yes. Uh, What about the rest of the men? We'll get there. Okay. It's not nice. Oh. After the battle, most of the dead remained laying across the farmlands of Gettysburg. Okay. <laughs> and many soldiers were just buried where they fell, marked only uh, by a little wooden board. Uh, As this is really gross, so if y'all are, like, sensitive to gross things, like, I don't, like, 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 like jump like, forward five seconds. Ooh, 10, 15. As the rain and wind began to uncover the remains across the city and its lands, because they were shallow little tiny graves, a call for a proper burial was heeded because everyone was worried about disease, which makes sense. Yeah, because, you know, when you have 50,000 bodies rotting, mm-hmm. that's pretty rough. Yeah, I don't imagine that smells nice. Ugh. So four months after the battle, the reburial work began. So they had to deal with, like, bodies coming out of the ground for four months. Oh, uh-huh. God. Yeah. It's, it's not nice. It's not nice. This was, of course, only for the Union soldiers. The Confederates were left where they were. No! Mm-hmm. Unt- ah. yeah. 
That was until the Southern Veteran Societies were able to begin their reburial processes, which didn't start until the 1870s. That's sad. That's yeah. not cool. That's so like 20 cool. years after the battle? Yikes. No, no, Damn, no, no, no. That's no. nice. That's ooh. All right. Now here we're that's, on the spookinings. That's 28,000 people yep. just not getting buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just Ugh. thrown into mass graves. Oh. Yeah. That's not cool. No. I'm sorry. It, just, that that is cool. that is one thing I was very upset spaghetti about. But here we are. Yeah. So onto the hauntings. So many of the same sounds that are heard on the battlefields can be heard here. So your gunfire, cannon fire, stuff like that. Yelling, screaming, crying. Um, there is the apparition of one Captain William Miller could be seen for years. And he would interact with visitors and nobody knew why. Nobody knew, like, what he was there for, why he, like, he never hurt anybody. He never tried to scare people. He just interacted with them until a psychic came and spoke to him. Oh, shit. Right. So he explained that he couldn't rest because his tombstone didn't list his Medal of Honor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yo, my, another one. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. My award. Yeah. My Medal of Honor. Okay. And they were both unions. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> It must be a running, so, running theme. I don't know. I have no idea, but here we are. So when it was finally added, he was able to find peace and the hauntings completely stopped. So That's one less ghost. Come on yeah. now. Fun fact. So now we're going to move on to a place called the Hoffman Mansion. It's real pretty. It's real pretty. Okay. That's, I got that. So this is a private estate home that was converted into a makeshift field hospital like a lot of other buildings in the area. It was a holding it was also used as a holding place for Confederate prisoners. So that's a great thing, right? Mm. Uh. <laughs> so onto the hauntings of this sweet little quaint place. Visitors experience a general feeling of discomfort and heaviness as soon as they walk into the building. All throughout you can see apparitions of soldiers in varying states. Some are walking around, others are crumpled on the floor. Visitors can also hear rasping moans and disembodied voices of the soldiers and field medics. I like none of that. Yep. Here's a personal experience from a woman named Cheryl Crisana. I have linked her dealio, her blog post, because I thought it was really good. Um, She visited Gettysburg, went to a lot of other places, but this is like the most intense experience she had. So I popped it in here. She joined a ghost hunt at the Hoffman Mansion, which is something that you're more than welcome to pay to do. Uh, They have groups go in there and do that all the time. Cheryl was immediately uncomfortable upon entering the building. She had no idea any of the history about the place or any specifics that happened there. Uh, Nothing other than just, you know, the Battle of Gettysburg. It was used as a field hospital. So using an an EMF meter, the group was able to contact a spirit who, through that communication, they learned he didn't want anybody else in the house except Cheryl. He was fine with her being there. Nobody else. Was she the only female? No, there were two females. Okay. Just her though. He was like, everybody else needs to get the fuck out. Why? I don't know. Uh, Go tell me more. They also had a spirit box with them. So whenever they interacted with the guy with the EMF meter, he would also come over the spirit box and just say, leave. That's all he would say. Just leave. Rude. Yeah. So that's kind of gross. Okay. In another room on the opposite side of the house, they encountered another spirit that refused to speak to anybody but Cheryl. Now, Cheryl's from the South. Mm. This man was from Georgia. Mm. Yeah. So he, I'm quoting here, he was very upset with the way the Yankees spoke. But when she, <laughs> uh, 
That was a quote. That was not being disrespectful. Oh my god. <laughs> but he he was very upset because he was from Georgia and he liked the way she talked and he liked her accent. Nobody oh, we else. Gotta take, we got to take you then. We yeah. got to make sure. Uh, well, let's go. Yeah. I'll thicken up that accent and say hi. So that was really interesting. Now she has two ghosts that are like, ah, you're pretty nice little lady. So that's interesting and fun. So then they moved up to the second floor and she began to have a burning sensation on her neck and throat. Oh my God. The nearer that they got to the attic door, the more uncomfortable she got. When she told the leader of their little group, hey, you know, like my, my neck hurts, my throat's burning. Like, I don't feel good. I don't feel safe. He explained, or he said, okay, like he kind of smiled and was like, all right, do you want to know why you're not comfortable with the attic? And she goes, yeah, I guess I do. And he was like, well, there was a woman named Sarah here who hung herself in the no, attic. No. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Did it, um, did it say why she hung herself? Yes. Her husband had been cheating on her. Mm. and she hung herself in the attic as a result of the like upset um that's so sad yeah so i I didn't like that very much so when they were leaving the house the only other woman in the group like was standing directly underneath the chandelier like in the entrance hall right and she starts complaining about a headache and when cheryl and her husband looked at her don't don't say what I think you're about to no, say. No, I'm not. Go I'm not going to say that because uh, I thought the same thing. I freaked out. Um, okay. No, 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 no. You're fine. So she starts complaining of a headache, and when Cheryl and her husband look at her, they immediately notice that she doesn't look like herself. She's like scowling and she looks angry. So Cheryl was like nudged her husband and was like, "Does she look mad to you?" And the husband was like, "Yeah. What what's going on?" So Cheryl's like, "Hey, sweetie, why don't you take a step outside, get some air, you know, come back in in like 5 minutes, just take a minute." So the the girl was like, "Okay, yeah, that's a good idea." And as soon as she crossed the threshold, a black shadow left her like went up to the chandelier and then no. through the ceiling. No. Everybody in the no. party saw it. So Are you are you yeah, are 100 percent. Yeah, it's it's are you? literally in black and white. Yes. Oh um, yeah. Oh my. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm gonna throw up. That's <laughs> this, disgusting. This is like the light of the hauntings too. This isn't even like the shit I'm gonna cover next week, man. Like this is just like <laughs> little baby shit. Ooh, I told you. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't. Uh huh. You're welcome. No. All right. So the next one, we're gonna go on to Gettysburg <laughs> College. Next one. The next and so the college was used as a field hospital, of course, as most places were with that many people. It makes sense. Pennsylvania Hall was the like place that they turned into the hospital. It was the basement floor of Pennsylvania Hall or Penn Hall, as they also call it. Many people, many men died in Penn Hall from battle wounds, infections, illness, so, of course, it makes sense why it's also haunted as shit. Oh, yeah. Like, wait, sterilization? Mm-hmm. Don't know her. That's like. not a thing. <laughs> All right. So, first, first story here. Many students and professors, of course, report weird stuff like objects going missing or being moved around the rooms. So, like, they'll leave and, like, leave, say, their pencil, their favorite pencil in one spot and then they'll leave and they'll come back and it's either gone or it's, like, on their bed or something else. I don't like that. Rude. Rude. 
They'll experience flickering lights, feeling negative emotions, and even seeing full body apparitions of soldiers all around the campus. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. If you take a ghost tour here, yes, you have a did question? Did any fighting, yes, did, did any fighting ha- happen at the college or was it just infirmary strictly? Do you know? I think it was just infirmary strictly, but the, like, patrolling, like, seeing people going around the campus makes sense, because even though it's a hospital, you still have to patrol the perimeter. Okay, okay. That's... Okay. Meh. Yeah. So, in Gettysburg, as a whole, you can take a ghost tour that, like, walks you through the entirety of the city into, like, all the haunted places, right? So, if you're on a ghost tour, you'll be warned not to stand on the sewer grates in the city, and on this campus in particular, um, because there are stories of soldiers reaching up to grab your ankles through the gate, great, to like try and pull themselves out. Um, very similar to the way that they clawed at the underside of bridges after they were thrown off of them to try and keep themselves from drowning. So that's, What the? Yeah, that's fun. Were they thrown into the sewers? No, they were thrown off of bridges and the like into the river, and the rivers connect to the sewers. Oh, so, so. that's gross, gross. and yeah. disgusting. Gross, gross and scary. So, I thought that was a fun, interesting thing because I couldn't find like the specific time that it happened. But tour guides will straight up like, "Don't stand on the sewer grates, just in case." So I don't <sighs> like that. that. That means someone's gotten grabbed before, and that's disgusting. Exactly. I don't like it. I don't like Ugh. people grabbing my ankles. So inside Penn Hall, there's, of course, reports of moans, cries, moans and cries because hospital, sick people, yeah. dying people. In the 1980s, this one's kind of one of my favorites. It's really um, there was a report from some college administrators, two of them, who were walking into like the lower portion of Penn Hall late in the night. They were working together. They get into the elevator and they go down to the basement floor. The doors open and there are dozens of apparitions standing in military, like hospital attire, tending to fallen soldiers. So like there are soldiers on the ground in varying states of health or unhealth. They're being attended to by doctors, nurses. And as one, as the doors open, they see that like out of a horror movie, every single one of those spirits turned and looked at them at the same time. I, I cannot express yeah. how badly I would yeah. probably shit myself. Exactly. Oh, my God. Awful. So that happens. They freak the fuck out because why would you not run out of the elevator around the corner to a security guard that's nearby, told him what happened. All three of them come back and it's completely dark and empty. The fact that there were that many apparitions, yeah. I have never, yeah. I have never heard of that many yeah. ever. That's gross. Oh, that's my gross. God. Gross. So another spirit that's found in Penn Hall is referred to as the Lone Sentinel, which I was like, that's kind of sad, or the Lookout. So he's a spirit that is often seen carrying a lantern and a rifle. So he's carrying out his duties patrolling the perimeter still to this day, which is sad. What a sad little boy. Yeah. That's so sad. He's just by himself patrolling for the rest of his Unlife. unearthly. Un- <laughs> Unlife. <laughs> Thank you. On life. Unlife. Yep. Cool. <laughs> He's, he is unalive. All right. So in another building called Glatfelter Hall, there is a lady in white. So during the Civil War, her lover died fighting the battle at Gettysburg. 
And as a result, she threw herself off the bell tower in this hall. Oh. So she can be seen at the top of the hall taking a jump. She can be seen wandering through the halls. And it's also said that she will seek out male students, look them in the eyes to compel them to do the same thing that she did, to follow her off the tower. Please tell me no one else has jumped. I didn't look into it because I didn't want to cry, just in case. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the last place I'm going to cover in this episode is the Saxe-Covered Bridge. So how is a bridge haunted, you might ask? Well, let's talk about the history first. Goatsman's Goatsman's Bridge. (laughs) One day. There's there's plenty of fucking haunted bridges. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this covered bridge was built in 1852 by David S. Stoner, which is really funny that he he should have been a stonemason with a name like Stoner, but here we are. (laughs) Or, 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 hear me out. (laughs) Or, hear hear me out here. (laughs) So this bridge is 100 feet long. Which is, like, wild to me. The 100-foot bridges were built in the 1850s, but here we are. That's that's impressive. That's a best I'm bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so it's over the top of the Gettysburg Marsh Creek, which it sounds more like a river to me, 100 foot, but anyway. It was used for foot and vehicle traffic until 1968 when it was deemed too unstable for vehicles. So now it's just a footbridge. It's still really pretty. Uh, it's a something called a town truss covered bridge and is one of the last few town truss bridges in Pennsylvania. So since a majority of Union and Confederate soldiers were young men, right, you know, 16, right. 18, yeah. uh, there were a lot of instances that saw some of them attempting to abandon their posts and go into hiding or just run away, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame them. I, I but. neither. Uh, one such occasion involved three Confederate troops who tried to evade the war by donning Union attire. Oops. As they marched north near Saxe Covered Bridge, they were discovered as Confederates and were promptly made an example of. Mm. It's argued if the men were spies, deserters, or traitors, but regardless of their intentions, they were hung from the support beams of the bridge. Ah. So many witnesses have come forward to report the sightings of three disembodied heads floating on the bridge. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. No. Yep. Uh Uh-uh. Just the heads, which freaks me out a little bit. Um, Yeah, it's it's not even the rest of the... the, Just just the heads, not even the the noose? Yeah, Uh. just the heads. I don't like it. It makes me sad. You can also smell the scent of cigar smoke because a lot of um, men in that time frame smoke cigars or pipes. So you can smell cigar smoke, which kind of spooks me a little. And yeah. then the, the smelling of things is just seeing and then mm-hmm. then smelling. It's like it, I would mm-hmm. I never think that that's a sensation that you would experience of a paranormal. But here we are. Yeah. I mean, you see things, you hear things, you get touched. Why not smell? But right. I think smell is just the oddest one. Yeah, it, it is what it is. So, of course, on this bridge near nighttime or like all throughout the night approaching dusk and then dawn, you can hear the sounds of distant gunfire from the main battlefield, of course. Makes sense. And then this mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, the worst one. Uh, visitors will feel a tap on their shoulder and like somebody's trying to get your attention. So they turn around and nobody's there. That one's really gross. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like. I don't like that one. Oh. And that is the end of Gettysburg Part 1, everybody. And Part 2 is worse? Yes. Much worse. Much worse. Absolutely much worse. So. I don't like it. Ha 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 ha. It is what it I is. I don't want to. Here we is. 
Do we have to? Yes. Yes, we do. Do we Do we have to do a part we two? We absolutely have to do a part two, and uh, I'm very excited for it. Well, apparently Blake is also excited for it. So Understandably, because okay, it's well. cool. So here well, we I are. Guess, yeah, we can cover that next week. We can just... <gasps> Yay. Yeah, because you seem excited for it. Everyone seems excited for it. I am. I'm not, not so much, because yeah, I have to you, sleep alone. You won't be. You're going to be pretty spooked, <laughs> I think. I'm looking think, forward to it. Uh, you yeah. Dicks. Yeah. All of you. Yeah, okay. this is going to, next week's going to incorporate some bagel bites, which will be fun, so. Ooh. Oh, how many episodes have they done there? Like four or something? Yeah, three or four. Ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. It's an obscene amount of things. Well. It'll be fun. I mean, we can go if you ever come up, because like, I my wanna. birthday's coming up, Ooh. and we can just go. That'd be great. Because it's outdoors, so pandemic. Yeah, that's also true. So That'd yeah, nice. we, can just, we just go, kind of thing. Yes. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Okay. So that's Gettyburgs. Gettyburg part one. Part one. Ooh. Ugh. Okay. All right. So <laughs> if you want to check us out, you can see check us out on our website at www.hauntherabarelyknowher.com. You can also check out our merch at store. Your jazz hands are distracting me. I'm sorry. Store.hauntherabarelyknowher.com because that's that's new. Yeah. You can also check us out on our Instagram, Twitter, and social Twitter. media at hhibkh podcast. Ooh weep ooh weep. You can get me on Instagram and then you can get me Zoe on, on Twitter. Twitter. Maybe if she'll ever look at the notifications ha, ha, and, get, ha, ha. And, and get the notifications off my phone. Never. There's always 20. I know. There's always 20. Always. It kills me. Which, oh, hey, I thanks, said, everybody, but also wowzers. I always get on there just to, like, clear off, clear it off because I can't thanks. stand the badges. <laughs> like, if there's a notification, I have to, like, address it, clear it, do something with it. So That's thank fair. you for that anxiety-inducing You're welcome. thing that I can't deal with because I don't understand Twitter at all. So, cool. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? Uh, is that the end? I never, I never fucking remember. I don't what think we so. Do at the end. Uh, okay, thanks so everybody for listening, though. There's a whole fuck ton of you, and I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for listening. Um, I know that we swear, like, just we just drop f bombs all the time. Do but thanks be. for dealing dealing with us and 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 our f bombs, even though they're, it's not they're not big and they're not clever. But here we are. Yeah. Do it a beat. So until next time, haunt her. I barely know her or that Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.